What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Remember this date on March 10th, because after 99 stinking days, the MLB lockout is finally over on this episode. We're going to break down all the terms. We're going to discuss what's next for Major League Baseball. We have a full house today with a plus one. So let me welcome first our special guest of True Blue LA. He's making his 2022 debut for us on the incline. It's Blake Harris. Blake, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. I mean, I don't know what's better, the lockout ending or being the uh, being a guest on this special show. I'm going to have to go with uh, the second choice, uh, slightly, slightly above the lockout, but it, it's great to be here. Awesome. All right, David Rosenthal, set the table and break down some of the things that went down today between the owners and the players. Uh, well, finally, we got a fucking agreement, first of all. So we got a fucking season back. So let's just celebrate that, first of all. Uh, honestly, I don't know exactly what the hell changed today. Um, I don't know who if one of you wants to break down the entire uh, agreement. But basically, we're getting opening day on April 8th, I believe. Full season, 162 games, uh, universal DH, no Rule 5 draft, expanded playoffs, uh, and some other fun stuff. Frankly, I think it's a great deal for the players. I was flabbergasted they didn't accept the one yesterday, uh, but I think they kept pretty much the same finance finances in this deal uh, and just came to an agreement on the international draft slash qualifying offer. But I'm just super excited, man. We got baseball back, spring training in three days. Uh, and from what I've seen, it's a great deal for all, everybody involved. Yep, I said it last week that the players weren't going to back down. They weren't going to let the owners bully them, especially after the way 2016 went. And just looking at this entire package, I have to say, I think the players won big time. Uh, But Jake Reiner, you're on the East Coast in New York City. I hope you punch Max Scherzer when you see him. But anyways, how are you feeling? Share your thoughts of this new deal. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get busted for attempted assault 
or, or even assault for that matter. So I'm going to, I'm going to not do that, but you know, in, in the, in the proverbial world, I, I totally would. Cause uh, he, uh, he definitely did not do us any favors today. He tried to railroad it. Say it what it is. He, he tried to railroad it. He did. He did. And he railroaded the Dodgers in the playoffs. Nobody's, you know, nobody wants to talk about that, but he, he totally screwed us over in the playoffs by not, by not pitching and, and, uh, and killing Walker Bueller in game six of the NLCS. Anyway, um, I am ecstatic today and I'm just overjoyed that we finally got to where we needed to be. And I agree with Kevin. I think that the players, I don't think that they won outright because I feel like that they left a lot of things on the table and, and conceded a lot of things. But in terms of the money that they got, it was just a substantial upgrade to what they had before. I mean, leaps and bounds, they're getting paid a whole hell of a lot more than they ever did. Um, and, and a lot of things that they asked for the owners, uh, you know, gave to them, which was, which was really nice to see. But honestly, I was just, you know, I was just happy to not be in the constant state of limbo of, you know, national baseball writers like, you know, Bob Nightingale and John Heyman basically telling us that the deal was closed only to backtrack that, you know, a few hours later saying, actually, that's not the case or, oh, the owners decided to throw a curveball in there and add something else in the deal that the players had to capitulate to. So this was a great day to finally, finally get to a point where we can say, ah, we've got baseball back. And it wasn't until Jeff Passan came back from the dead after he was, you know, selling (laughs) NFTs and got completely hacked. And I loved the first thing he did when he got back was like, basically say that baseball was back because you knew that both those things kind of coincide. Jeff Passan being back and baseball being back, you know, those two things have to be in harmony and that's what happened today. And I couldn't be more pumped. All right. Yeah. So I'll read most of the terms and then you guys can just fire away of your thoughts. So let's see the minimum salary will now be raised to 700 K by the time this CBA expires. Minimum wage will be 780,000. The CBT has been raised to 230 uh, million. I said, I think a week ago, that's where they should have met. By the time the contract runs out, 244 million. A team like the Dodgers, I believe, is already over that 230, but it is what it is. The Universal DH, as mentioned, players will be now limited to five options per year uh, to the minors. I think that's a raise. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, there was no, I don't think there was a limit. Mitch yeah. White got optioned like 25 <laughs> times last year. Something yeah, I'm calling this one the Mitch, the Mitch White rule. Cause I think, yeah. yeah, it was like 11 or 13, which is, it'd be one thing if like Rancho was their AAA affiliate, but the fact that you're going between Oklahoma city and Los Angeles is it's a crime. Yeah. He's basically a flight attendant at that point. <laughs> We will now thankfully get nine inning games again for double headers and the runners on second base has been wiped out as well. Thank goodness. In uh, 2023, we will see the pitch clock, potentially the bigger bases and banning of the shift. I'm on board with banning of the shift, but we'll save that for another day. Um, yeah. It got a little gloomy when it looked like the, the board was going to, they all vetoed it. Eight guys, Max Scherzer, Lindor, Britton. Um, but oh. thankfully, the other guys, like the Walker Buehlers, I hope was, Walker Buehler was one of them, outwrote them, outwrote them 
because the final vote was 26 to 12 in favor of this deal. The owners unanimously agreed as well, 30 to zero. Uh, yeah, there was some dispute over that international draft. Thankfully, that was solved. They're going to now have advertising on uniforms. You will see a patch on the jersey. There will be a decal on the helmet. The expanded postseasons. 12 teams are now in. The one and two seed will get a bye. We don't exactly know how you earn a one or two seed. It could be just best records or it could be best two divisional winners, but we'll see what they do. Um, and yeah, so Dodgers at Rockies, April 8th is your opening day now. 162 games. They're going to try to squeeze in those games that we lost after Major League Baseball yesterday said, oh yeah, we're canceling another week, only to again have a soft, hard deadline going back on their word, confu confusing us all. So here we are, 162 games, thankfully. That's what was really pissing me off the whole time, which was they, that they had these deadlines that they weren't really meeting. And then, you know, Rob Manfred a few weeks ago comes out and says he's going to cancel games. But then they walk that back and say, well, actually, we're trying to fit in 162 games. It was just all BS. It was all tactical BS to get people to, you know, go against the players and kind of get on their case for not accepting a deal that they didn't feel was right. And I just feel that, you know, on the, on the point that Kevin brought up about the, you know, executive board of the players union, all voting it down and then being, you know, overridden by the rest of the clubs. It's just a testament to these players being like, you know what, we got a lot of what we needed. We didn't get everything, but this is the best we're going to do. And we want to play some freaking baseball. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to Kevin's point, uh, when you said the players win, I couldn't agree more. Um, MLB's uh, $20 million rise in 22 in the luxury tax, single biggest increase ever. $129,500 increase in the minimum salary. That's the biggest ever. Plus, you, you add the pre-arbitration bonus pool, which didn't exist before this year. That's a huge win for the players. Uh, we all get baseball back. The owners get baseball back. The owners aren't hurting for cash. They signed that new deal with Apple TV. They got all this money in the world. So it's a huge win for the players. I don't want to hear anybody complaining, uh, saying, well, it's not enough for the players. Save it. Don't care. We're getting baseball back. They got a good deal. We'll talk about it in five years. But that's, but that's enough for now. Uh, enough of the complaining. Enough of the back and forth. Whose side are you on? Doesn't matter anymore. It's over. Yeah, it really is amazing because it seemed like throughout the first, or I guess ever since they started bringing up the whole deadline, it was, I think it was like what, February 28th, it was like, we need to be, do it by February 28th to preserve games. And when both sides were just like really far apart, it was like, man, the owners are just, you know, they're to, like, they're to blame. They're not budging. They're not doing anything. And then slowly, you know, both sides were starting to get closer and closer than yesterday, especially when, you know, the deal seemed the best at it was probably going to get for a while and the inter international draft seemed to be the holdup. All of a sudden it was still mainly like owners to blame, but all of a sudden there were some people that were coming out going, I don't know the players, you're not going to get what you want. The players are kind of looking kind of bad here if they're holding this thing up over the international draft. And that's why I was saying yesterday, man, this is just going to be a disaster now if you know, everyone's kind of picking a side, it's like 50, 50 who's to blame. And then, yeah, just passing breaks this morning, like international draft is fixed. And then I think yesterday there were like reports, oh, they might meet again tomorrow. Um, they might just talk, but I don't think there's anything serious. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, no, we're on the two yard line again. And again, you're thinking, well, how many times have we heard that the last couple of weeks? Yeah. And then, like you see, yeah, passing came out of uh, NFT. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
the, which I think the best part was the official NFT, like whatever, whoever hacked him that was like promoting that the official NFT like website came out and was like, we have nothing to do with this. Please don't click on anything. <laughs> like we don't want to be associated with this. So um, yeah, weird, weird day. But uh, yeah, the fact that it got resolved and I, I do think the players, we knew that they weren't going to get everything they were asking for. But when you look back at what they were asking for a month ago, compared to how far the owners were from them, I mean, you got to say the players got a damn good deal on all ends, especially the fact that they avoided the 14 team postseason. Yeah. Because that seemed inevitable. It seemed like in order for the players to get all these extra benefits, a 14 team postseason would have to happen. Um, I mean, I think the players, again, it's not perfect. I still think, you know, they could have gotten a little more, but considering they get 162 games, I, I think the players got a, a massive, massive win with this today. Absolutely. Yeah. When John Heyman tweeted, this is at the two yard line. I was like, Oh God, please don't be shades of Bryce Harper to the Dodgers again. Michael Duarte's two yard line or two yard line went through my head. But yeah, I got to say you could be pro owner or pro player. I just don't get the people that kept flipping back and forth because the, the players knew what they were doing at the end of the day. Every time the owners threw in this last minute wacky change to the proposal, they were just trying to screw us. Basically they were trying to screw all the fans. It's like you about to sign an apartment, you come to an agreement and then you read the fine print and you see all of a sudden, Oh, you can't use the shower anymore. Something along the lines. And that's basically how the players felt like they came to agreement. And then the owners just out of nowhere, completely changed something out of thin air. Yesterday was the international draft. I think a week ago was making the bases bigger and banning the shift or whatever. Today I heard something weird about some lawsuit I'd never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, featuring yeah. like the Pirates and like a few other teams. I'm thinking, where was this? Yeah. Uh, apparently they agreed to drop the lawsuit against MLB, but not against the individual clubs. So it looks like the Marlins, Pirates, Rays, and uh, some, some other cheap team are, are still going to get sued for something. <laughs> Go figure that these are the teams that who are just who've just been a thorn in the Dodgers side for forever now the Mets the Yankees the Astros and the Cardinals were the four franchises affiliated on the player side of trying to continue this lockout and I think those four teams they had a representative they were like one of the eight that were part so it when you think of it it's like every team that didn't have someone associated they were on the side of it seems like the players where uh the big guys making a couple hundred mil were the ones voting against it so shout out to you max yeah i mean mm-hmm. the executive board is eight people it's scherzer lindor andrew miller marcus simeon garrett cole james paxton zach Britton, and jason castro five of those are scott boris clients so scott boris did not like this deal i can tell you that for a fact he wanted the cbt to go even higher he didn't he wasn't content with this even though monumental gain he wanted more uh and clearly he had some influence on that committee uh and like blake just said all those four teams who voted no had at least one member on that committee. So Scott Boris had his fingerprints all over this dissent, this dissenting opinion, if you will. Oh yeah. Well, he always Eat it, wants Scott. more. Eat it. He, <laughs> he always wants more. He's Scott Boris. He still won though, because without him, I think the players would have folded weeks ago. So even though he lost today's battle, he ultimately won the war. He, he is peeing all over Rob Manfred right now. He's yeah. running the show, not Mr. Rob. Who, who came out all apologetic today, I might add, saying he wants to try to mend the relationship with the players and be a better dude. It's like, where was this years ago, Rob? Thanks a lot. 
Yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't know what to think of him anymore. I, I just don't even care about him. He's just so insignificant to me where I don't think he's really in control of anything. I think it's just he's just in the middle of all of this, kind of caught in the crossfire. I mean, he does, certainly doesn't help, but I don't think he's responsible for pretty much anything, good or bad. When it's over in 2024, I think he's gone. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to add about the lockout? Um it just feels like this has been an ongoing issue for months now because it has. So a sigh of relief because free agency is now here. I don't think there's been any moves yet, but if anything does go down, we'll break it live on the incline. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. I hope the Dodgers are uh, on the phones. We do have some fan questions, but before we get to that, I wanted to just see if you guys had any final thoughts on just what went down today. I'm just interested to see some of the things. Sorry to cut off Jake. Um, like all the rules that are, you know, going to be implemented, I think next year, I don't think it's official, but um, the whole thing with the bases, I like how fans are kind of like upset over that one when I think they're maybe like an inch, they're going to be an inch bigger. I'm like, why is, why should that upset fans? But like they were like running the data, how it should improve stolen bases. It should limit the amount of injuries at first and second base. So I think that's a plus. I think a pitch clock is absolutely essential. I think what I heard is it's going to be 14 seconds with no one on base, 19 seconds with someone on base. I, I think they need to speed the game up because for those of you who have experienced the Pedro Baez years, <laughs> that was, it was too much. Like they, they need to speed it up. And again, I, I get the shift. You can make a, a pro case for it. You can be against it. I just think it's gotten too egregious. Um, I was fine if they were going to change it where you can put them like right on the, right on the grass um, of the infield just limit the Manny Machado rule. I think that's the stupidest thing, but I like all those rules that might be coming next year. I like that the DH is coming. Um, I think it benefits the Dodgers tremendously. And I don't know if you guys saw the new rule change about how next year, essentially every team is going to play every team in yeah. baseball, which I think um, uh, I is, love that. I love it because one, I think it, brings more balance. I am going to miss 38 games against the D backs and Rockies every year. <laughs> yeah. I will say that, but I think it's great that you get to see matchups you never see. And especially teams, you know, get to see players that fans never see for the most part. I think I saw something where it was like, you know, how Albert Pujols had to wait like eight years to return to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, so this, you know, prevents things like that. I think that's another fantastic uh, thing that essentially came out of nowhere that all of a sudden was just broken. So Again, everything we talked about with the lockout, uh, there was nothing that really came out of it that I kind of am upset over. I think a lot of great wins for baseball and a lot of great wins for the players. Yeah, watching uh, Shohei Otani in Pittsburgh is going to be a great. It's going to be great. I mean, how could that not be great? I mean, you're you're getting more fans exposed to more players, and you know it can only help the the growth of the game. But the other thing I wanted to just touch on briefly is um, the fact that there will be no more seven inning double headers, oh. which I love. Um, I think that, you know, baseball should be nine innings and we shouldn't be shortchanging ourselves with seven innings. And then the, the, the ghost runner is gone, uh, from extra innings, which I just was, I, I didn't, I never liked it. I never once liked it. I think that, um, games are going to be going to be long and, and there's not a lot you can do to shorten them. I think the pitch clock is fine. 
Um, I, I, you know, rule changes like that, that are, that are kind of, you know, small in nature that may have a big impact in the long haul. I'm fine with, I mean, they did kind of a similar thing in basketball where, um, if you get the offensive board, the, the shot clock doesn't reset to 24 seconds. It just resets to 14 seconds. And no one really seemed to mind about that. It actually does speed up the action, um, when you do get the offensive board. And so I think similarly with the pitch clock, you know, if you can get pitchers to throw the ball, you know, faster, get the ball in play a little bit quicker. I think, you know, you're, you, you may see some shortening of games, but I like going back to those old rules. The universal DH was inevitable. We knew it was coming. We've all kind of prepared for it. And, you know, maybe a few years ago, I would have been a little bit more of a purist in terms of, you know, how I feel about that. But honestly, I think the DH helps a lot of national league teams. Blake touched on it. It's going to help the Dodgers tremendously just to get guys a rest uh, every, every once in a while without taking a bat out of the lineup. So I, I, I do, I do like the changes that are coming. One thing we haven't mentioned is there's not going to be any more wild card game. Uh, it's going to be best of three now, which I love as well. That's, I, that's I, the best. That's honestly yeah. the best. I hated, I hate the one game playoff. Uh, I think it's so stupid to play 162 game seasons and then play one game to try to, you know, get further in the playoffs. Right. So I'm all on board with that. I think the seeding is needs to be the two best records, not based on division or anything like that. Even if it's from the same uh, division, I think the top teams with the two best records need to get the buys. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, and my only other, my only other take is I don't, how are the, what's going to happen with the pitch clock? If someone goes over it, like what is the penalty for not throwing a pitch at 14 seconds? And how generous are they on 14 seconds? I mean, do we have Angel Hernandez standing there with a timer clicking it? Are we going to rely on umpires to, to, you know, time them like it's the NFL combine, the 40 time? Or what are we talking about here? So I think there's some nuance to it um, that I think they have a year to figure out. Yeah, you you brought up a good point with that. How how are they going to enforce it? Because they had that whole thing a couple years ago when they added like the clock in between innings to try to limit the game and they don't enforce that like at all. Yeah. Like if you go to Dodger games and you see the clock, like there's an additional minute after it hits zero, maybe it's like per inning you're given like three warnings or like maybe like a starter's given five warnings or leavers given two. But I mean, how do you enforce it again? Like what's the difference between 14 and 16 seconds? Unless yeah, you got Angel Hernandez every, you know, whipping out the stopwatch yeah. to uh, keep track. So. Right. But what's but what's reasonable to to say if you do go over it or if you do let's say you, you this is your fifth warning or whatever what's I mean, what's I the penalty is it a is it a ball like, like that's you, what I was gonna say I mean I feel like the logical punishment after a certain amount of time is you get assessed a ball but then like go fast forward to like the eighth inning or ninth inning you got a three and one count on someone and you miss the pitch with, clock with the bases loaded yeah. yeah then what. You know, are we really are we really doing that, or are we being lenient here? So I I like the idea. I just don't know how they're going to execute it. Yeah, I and mean, I won't like, I won't miss like the seven seven inning doubleheaders either. Those two games in Chicago last year, remember the those? death of all of us. Those are the worst, man. I hated those games so much. I will say that we probably have a a bad taste in our mouth because weren't the Dodgers like one in fifteen? Yeah, they started at off one like point or atrociously. Like if, if they just would have made it like starting in the 13th inning, I'd be fine with it because at one point it's like, no one wants to, it's fun to see like if you're in person, but like, I don't want, you know, my catcher, my third baseman pitching in the 15th inning after every arm has been used. Like 
make it like the, the 13th inning, put someone on first, and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Losing game 163s will suck, though, because they got rid of that. Yeah, it's going to be an NFL-style tiebreaker or something, like head-to-head or, or overall something. I don't know, but I'm fine with it. Coming from Matt at Dubquacker7, what are your new free agent predictions? What, do, what does Blake think? We, you know, we've, we've gone over what we, what we think. I don't think our positions really changed on the old uh, Freddie Freeman front, Clayton Kershaw front. Those are the big names that the Dodgers are going to go after. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll start with Kirsch. It's just, if the Rangers were a team that was contending for the world series next year, I would be leaning more towards him joining. It's just the way Kershaw is, I get the whole, you know, you want to be a family thing. I just cannot see that guy going to a team like the Rangers that just aren't going to be in contention. Um, I, maybe he, maybe he does, maybe he wants to do that, but I find the hard to believe. I think he returns. I think, he might do something like a one-year deal with, you know, a player option for the second. Um, obviously, he's kind of shown the last year or two that he's not a guy that wants to go into his middle to late 30s. He kind of wants to go out on top, spend more time with his family. So I think he returns to the Dodgers at this point. I don't think money's a factor. I think the Dodgers say, honestly, what do you think you're worth? Give us a number. I think they pay him. So hopefully, you know, he's back. I lean more towards it. I think he has a better chance of retiring than going to the Rangers. I don't know how you guys feel on that front, but again, I, I just can't see him going to a team. If he wants to spend time with his family, just retire a Dodger. Um, <laughs> you made enough money. Skechers is paying you uh, a lot of money nowadays. So go with that. In regards to Freddie Freeman, I'm like, I think it's either Braves or Dodgers. I know there's like reports that the Yankees are in discussions with him. Um, I think the only reason he leaves Atlanta, even though they've been lowballing him is, he wants to come back home. I mean, he's from Orange County. He's, I assume, probably has family out here. And you've closed one chapter in Atlanta. You won a championship, accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish. Now, close your career at home. His kid can finally go to school out here and, you know, just not have to worry about moving anytime soon. So if it's not Atlanta, I think it's the Dodgers. Um, I'll give the Braves the edge just because I think they've had time to realize we shouldn't be lowballing this guy the way we have been. So, I'm going to go Braves with a slight edge, but I, I do think the Dodgers have a realistic chance um, just because they also desperately need a left-handed bat in that lineup. I mean, I agree with both those. I think Freddie Freeman is going to sign with either the Dodgers or the Braves, but I still lean the Dodgers for six years, $180 million. I think that's what he's worth and what he'll get. I think that's I think- what he was asking for, right? And the Braves like didn't. Yeah, they offered yeah. five one twenty five or one thirty or something. I like think that. he was even asking for one sixty. And then Clayton Kershaw, I do still think he will end up with the Dodgers, but I don't think I still am not on the side where he's just going to come for whatever team friendly deal to sort his way. I I think he signs wherever he's going. Three years, seventy five million. I I we've we've gone back and forth on this so many times, but. One, he's not leaving the Dodgers unless it's to retire. Two, I don't think he's going to command that big of a contract. He's had too many health issues uh, to warrant that, frankly. Yes, when he's on the field, he absolutely deserves it. But he's been hurt pretty much every year for the past couple years. uh, And that's going to dictate the market. Yes, Texas could offer him more. They don't care. They're spending a ton of money right now. Yes, it might help bring in some fans, pair him with Corey Seager, 
I don't think he wants to do that. He's made enough money. He's not going to, he's not going to make a decision based off an extra 10, 20, $30 million. He's going to go where he feels is the best chance to win and where he wants to be. And that's Los Angeles. Freeman though. I, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I could see it either way. I, uh, it's a coin flip for me at this point. I think it's a perfect fit as we've talked about on here before. Uh, 60, 40 Atlanta. I think the Dodgers are going to do more of their damage in the trade market. They have a lot of dead weight that they got to get rid of. <clears throat> David Price sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, what do you do with David Price? You can't really trust him to start. He's a horrible reliever. He's on a expiring contract, so he should be easier to move now. You got guys like Matt Beatty who are just clogging 40-man roster spots. Luke Rayleigh, they gave him more than a fair opportunity. We know he's no good. There's just a lot of moving parts on an already full 40-man roster. It also depends on whether or not Trevor Bauer is going to pitch and what, you know, and how how that dictates what the Dodgers do. Personally, I think that Trevor Bauer is going to pitch for the Dodgers. And that's not based on any insider knowledge that I have, but just just the feeling of it and the fact that he seems to be pretty confident with his, you know, knowledge of things, in, inside knowledge of things that he's probably going to, to pitch for the Dodgers again. But if he does pitch for the Dodgers again, and if they do want him to pitch, then it does change how they operate. It changes the way they look at the trade market, like Kevin was saying, and, and the free agent market. Speaking of Trevor Bauer, uh, Bill Plaschke of the Los Angeles Times recently put out an article with the main headlines, sign Freeman, re-sign Clayton Kershaw, cut Trevor Bauer. So Trevor Bauer, a moment ago on Twitter, quote tweeted uh, Plaschke or the LA Times and said, hashtag fire Bill Plaschke. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I could see that scenario Plaschke laid out happening. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility, um, but I agree with Jake. I think he's going to pitch for the Dodgers. I think he's going to pitch game number three of the season. Do you think they will attempt to trade him at least once or twice though, before they say you're pitching for us? Or do you think they just are on the mindset? This is our guy and go with that. I mean, it's hard to trade that contract. That's what I was, yeah. yeah, was going to yeah. say. No one wants to pay 40 mil or 32. I, I forget the weird. Con- I think it's like 30 something this year. But it's like if he's not back next year, he gets like a twenty million dollar. It's it's something insane. But yeah, that contract's not yeah. a not a good looking contract. Unfortunately, yeah, you'd have to probably do what the Lakers did with Timothy Mozgov and attach D'Angelo Russell to get a team to bite. So where's the, he at? These I mean, days? the Dodgers would have Minnesota? to attach a sexy prospect. Yeah, I, I, it's he's either gonna pitch or they're gonna cut him. I, I don't. He's that that's pretty untradeable given what the the aura around him is the, the whole thing that happened this, this past year plus the contract that's pretty damn untradeable. Okay. yeah and, and then also the other caveat is what is major league baseball going to do they've not come out with a ruling on what they what they plan to do with him you know they, they already they, they ruled on you know marcelo zuna basically said time served you know i wouldn't be surprised if they did the same thing with bauer i think that's the most likely scenario yeah and hopefully the decision comes soon because it's Again, with now that, you know, the first spring training game is, I think, like a week away or something like that, at least like the Dodgers have an answer, whether it's 20 games, 80 games, like they need to know ASAP, like, okay, do we need another starter? Because if he's back, all of a sudden you got him, Bueller, Arias, maybe Kershaw, and then you figure out the fifth between Heaney, David Price, Gonsolin, and you're fine. But if you know for a fact he's going to miss significant time, 
then yeah, you have to trade for a starter. Do you go after Rodon? Um, so hopefully, again, whatever the decision is, hopefully it's quick because the Dodgers are in limbo because you kind of need to address the starting rotation ASAP when a lot of teams are going to be poaching these free agents that are still left. All right. So shout out to Andrew Lane at Root Beer Man Cave. Sick handle. He wanted to know what kind of schedule they will follow. Hopefully by now we answered his question. We have a couple uh, options here from Cheryl Romano 15, but I will go with this one, I guess, because it's more uh, juicy. Predict what Dodger will get into a fight with another player from a rival team. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be Muncie, right? That's that's like if he's out the there, leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Or if Joe Kelly's back, I, I could see Tommy Conley getting into it with someone. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like he's got a a bad boy personality to him. Oh, yeah. He's got a what long do you, streak. What do you mean by rival team, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. The Giants. <laughs> no, it's the Padres. Come on. <laughs> My dark horse contender might be Edwin Rios. If he gets plunked by a pitch, I could see him charging the mound at, like, let's say a Logan Webb. Those two dudes, I think that would be a sick uh, it, maybe I, I just wouldn't want Edwin banging his shoulder again. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, on that note, David, I'm going to pass the torch to you. Cause I know you have your idiot tweet of the week. I do. Uh, give me one second to pull it up. Uh, if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, feel free in the meantime, Blake, well, you're the guest. If there is anything you wanted to talk, uh, talk about on the show, I don't know why. Maybe maybe I'm just coming out of left field, but I have this just weird suspicion because we've been talking about potential free agents and whatnot. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's been more active on Twitter and Instagram the last month or so, but I got this strange feeling that Jock Peterson might end up back with the Dodgers as a uh, you know, platoon with the DH. They need some depth. It just seems from what he posed, he kind of you know wants to come back. I mean, he's been doing a lot of posting with like Cubs and Brave stuff, but I don't know. In regards to like free agency, I just have this weird suspicion that they somehow bring Jock back on a very affordable contract. So I don't think he'll be going for much. Sign me up. I'd love to have him back with the way that the bench looked last year. Holy hell. Like we, we need all the help we can get off the bench. And I, I agree the platoon uh, advantage is there for Jock, not only lefty righty, but also the DH thing. Um, if, if that's the case, I'm all for it. Yeah. They need a left-handed bat for sure. Now there's a, that's a, that's a big hole in that lineup right now. Uh, free agents hot take before I give my idiot of the week, Nick Castellanos is still available. You know, he's going to command a fat contract, but I'd take him over Chris Bryant. I would love that. He's yes. He's right-handed. Uh, but that dude's going to hit 35 home runs a year and drive in a hundred runs. He would, he would fit in great. Signed Jock Peterson with it, and you got you got yourself a juggernaut. Also, I just like I just like Castellano's attitude, just in general. Like, I just feel like we don't need Chris Bryant, another mild mannered dude. Like, we need someone with a little bit of flair, a little bit of firepower yeah. under them. If they sign like Castellanos. It. I'm making him my answer for first five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100. All right, uh, my idiot of the week after taking a hiatus last week due to being under the weather. This week. Today, actually, was this tweet was sent. Bernie Sanders, and no, it's not political. This is about baseball. He tweeted, 
I'm delighted to see an agreement reached so that MLB season can start, but we must prevent the greed of baseball oligarchs from destroying the game. The best way to do that is to end MLB's antitrust exemption, and I will be introducing legislation to do that. I don't disagree with anything he said, but it's today, Bernie. We just got the lockout over with. Can you just let us have one day to celebrate baseball? Baseball's back. Just save it for tomorrow, Bernie. Just shut up today. <laughs> let us have today. I don't want to hear about your your oligarchs and your antitrust anything. We got our season back, so shut the hell up today, Bernie. Shut up. You're done for the day. Maybe you can deal this tomorrow. Introduce it next week. I'm all for it. I'll support it. I'll campaign for it. But today, shut the hell up, Bernie. You're the idiot of the week. Congratulations. Nice. You're leaving. Uh, you're leaving out Friday as a possibility to to uh, to top him. But yeah, that I that am, works. That works. It, it but, pissed and, me off. But that that is still, you know, I'll just say it, that that tweet does no way rivals any of the other tweets you you've brought up. So we're we're still we're still good on on the rankings, I think. It's yeah, but you got to factor in the timing here. No, I know it's, it's the it's, timing of it. It's it, it it's bad. It's bad timing. It's just like it's a wet blanket kind of tweet. Exactly. Exactly. It's like not today, Bernie. I mean, it's, he doesn't come close to Ben Verlander's Babe Ruth tweet. That's still the number one in, in the idiot <laughs> rankings of this show, but. But I mean, come on, Bernie. So there was some unfortunate news out in Dodgers land. And if you grew up watching the Dodgers in the late 90s, early 2000s, then you remember one of the guys in the rotation. Unfortunately, I hate to report that Odalis Perez passed away today uh, in his home. It was a trauma to the head, essentially. But what I'll remember about him was he was a 2002 All-Star in a time when the Dodgers rotation was just absolutely terrible. Like they had a few good guys, but Perez was a solid, he was more of a back end guy, but he was kind of forced to be a top of the rotation guy when he really shouldn't have been. But one thing that I remember about him, he always, you could tell he always gave it his all every start and was a true competitor. Yeah. I, I, um, I'll always remember him as one of the, my childhood starting pitchers. Um, you know, you, you kind of, you, you grow some sort of, you know, attachments to some, some pitcher, some players over the years when you're, you know, just growing up and you're watching the game. Um, you know, Kevin Brown comes to mind as someone that I connected with and Odalis Perez was something that I connected with. Uh, one memory I do have that just came to mind. Um, back in the day, they used to allow like, you know, young kids to, uh, to announce the starting lineup on the field. Um, and I was fortunate enough to do it twice. And one of the times, and this was on the, um, the Dave Roberts era Dodgers with Odalis Perez. And uh, I remember, um, I remember leading up to it. Uh, someone had mentioned at some point that like, you know, his name was pronounced, you know, Odalis Perez um, or, or, or Odalis Perez uh, would be the, the, the better pronunciation. I'm obviously botching it now, but I was super hyped because everyone had called him Odalis Perez because that's kind of the Americanized version of what you would, of what you would call uh, him. 
And when I got to the mic and, you know, I said batting ninth, the pitcher, Odalis Perez, and I said it like that. And I looked over at the Dodger dugout and they, they went crazy that I had pronounced it that way. And, and, and Odalis was just over the moon. It was just one of the coolest <laughs> moments. Um, so I'll always remember him for that, that like he appreciated that I kind of, you know, went the extra mile to try and pronounce his name correctly, even though it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the most correct it could be, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, all-star in 2002. Um, and yeah, it, it's just unfortunate news today. Yeah. I mentioned to these guys before I was like, yeah, I, I remember him with the likes of Wilson Alvarez and Kaz Ishii. So uh, that just goes to show how the Dodgers rotation was looking. I It is news to me that he was an all-star because I don't think at the age of six, I would have remembered him in the all-star game. So interesting to know that he was an all-star. But yeah, looking at his numbers with the Dodgers, I mean, he for the most part had some pretty good seasons, not near the end, but had a year where you know he was an all-star, finished with 15 wins, air rate of three. This dude, eight innings too, 222 yeah. innings, 196 innings. But then again, that was when... I mean, it's only 15, 20 years ago when you could go seven, eight innings, and that was okay. Where nowadays, if you go six, that's considered a quality start, essentially. But yeah, the dude, eight innings was consistent. And yeah, with so many bad names in that rotation, at least that I remember as my earliest days, he was, I mean, again, he was like the Walker Bueller of my time. I'm like, oh, Adeles Perez is on the mound. He's going to shove today, but. (laughs) <laughs> probably wasn't probably wasn't the case for people that were older, but yeah, I remember the dude shoved. And like I said, I think I have his autograph somewhere. I'd have to go back and go through my collection to see, but I, I'm pretty sure I got one somewhere. Yeah. yeah very sad dog. news. Uh, I had a fa- favorable, favorable memories of him as well. Um, he was always good. I remember watching him and being always impressed with pretty much what he put out there. Yes. It was a sign of how bad the rest of the team was, but he was pretty damn consistent. So rest in peace, buddy. In other Dodgers news, Clayton Kershaw was spotted working at a Raisin Cane's. <laughs> so besides the fact that he's picking up shifts at a fast food restaurant, and I believe Jock Peterson was working Papa John's. I haven't been to Raisin Cane's, so have any of you guys had it? And what are your thoughts if you've had it before? I've been to Raisin Cane's multiple times. I worked in um, in Houston, Texas uh, for a couple of years, uh, a few years ago, and um they're everywhere there. And it's really good. It's not, I wouldn't say it's better than Chick-fil-A. I think Chick-fil-A is kind of the standard um, when it comes to fast food uh, tenders, I guess you could say. Um, but they've got a really good raisin cane sauce. That is, it is fantastic. It's not as good as Chick-fil-A sauce, but it is fantastic. And if you ever have an opportunity to go to Raising Cane's, you get you get that box, that tender box, you get some nice um, sweet bread with it, some Texas toast as they call it, some coleslaw. It's a good, it's a good little meal. I mean, that sound from everything you just said, it seems like I should just go to Chick-fil-A instead. No, you should. You said everything it, you said is is Chick-fil-A is better, but no, so I'm I'm no, I'm saying that like if you have a Raisin Cane's next to a Chick-fil-A, you should go to the Chick-fil-A, no doubt. But if Raisin Cane's is kind of the only thing in the vicinity and you're in the mood for some okay. tenders, have at it. Okay, that's fair. I have not been, obviously. I, I have two uh, things I like to say. Number one, 
uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than a Chick-fil-A sandwich. I will end it. Wow. With I could get on, I could get on board with that. I had it once and I was really impressed. It's it, it's damn good. I guess they're kind of different things because you're going to Chick-fil-A, you're getting a chicken sandwich, whereas Cane's, they literally only have chicken fingers, which for those of you that have never had it, you, you're thinking to yourself, why would I go somewhere to get chicken fingers? One of my 10. I thought the same, but I had my first Cane's in Arizona and it's it's pretty good. I mean, hmm. their, their chicken tenders are pretty damn good. Crinkle fries are top notch. Oh, yeah. The fries but, are great. But they're toast. There are things I would give up in life to have pieces of toast occasionally because they are the best. Get the four piece combo. You substitute the coleslaw for an extra piece of toast. It's like seven, eight bucks. That's and it's fantastic. Move. And their canes, the so their, yeah, their sauce um, is we'll to top go. notch as well. So, you know, you know, Blake likes raising canes because he called it canes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't say raisin. Yeah. I, yeah. We just call it's it canes. just canes. Just canes. Now, are these in California? Yeah. They're they starting are. to come in California. Yes, yes, there are some here. A couple years okay. ago, you couldn't find one anywhere, but now there's they're slowly coming. I think there's like one in Burbank. Um, there's one now only like 10 minutes away from me. So it's it's great. But yeah, a couple years ago, they were nowhere to be found. But yeah, they're coming. Canes, they're yeah. they're coming. Chicken fingers only. They have some in Orange County, I noticed. I, I swear I live in like the chicken capital of California. There's like everything by me except a Raisin Canes. We got Chick-fil-A. We got Dave's Hot Chicken. We got honey kettle chicken. They just keep opening new chicken places every week, but no, no, I haven't had the raisin canes yet. Have you guys ever had Zanku chicken? Yes. No. Very good. That, Jake? Dude, it's excellent. You know, um, I went to, I covered a few um, uh, pro Ukrainian rallies in Santa Monica or West LA at the corner of Sepulveda and Santa Monica. And there's, yeah, there's, there's a Zanku, right there. Zanku yeah. chicken right that's, there. That's yeah. My personal, that was my personal Zanku. Oh, chicken. I know. Cause you're a Brentwood boy, just like me. So yeah. we, we, we went to the same places I'm sure. And I, every, you know, the few times that I covered those protests, I covered multiple of them. I went to Zanku chicken every time. It's so good. Okay. But now, now that you know this, look up Zanku chicken murders absolutely what? insane story i spent like 20 minutes reading this actually it was probably half an hour reading this article about like the family who ran it insane story just Jesus. like drama murder everything it has everything. chicken yeah wild i thought the brentwood people go to ready chick oh that's of good course too. that's that's top notch the ready the ready chick tender basket it, well I, i'll say this those are the best fries i've ever had I, I just mm, yes maybe I'm not willing to go that far but top three for sure. Well, what's your what's your number one fries? I don't know, but I'm not comfortable saying that. Is what? How could you not be comfortable saying that? It's got the because best. I could seasoning. be forgetting something right now. The seasoning uh, is is amazing. It is. That's what makes it. And you get you yeah. get the the that barbecue sauce there is terrific. Yeah, that shit's fire. Tender basket, ready chick. Yeah. I I don't know what the best fries are. I I will say that even though In and Out destroys five guys in terms of burgers that five guys that's, fries that's not are, true but are okay. superior yeah the in and out fries aren't great they're, they're not no the in and out fries are terrible and five guys is also a better burger than in and out well in and out you gotta eat those whoa, within 45 whoa. seconds whoa. if you don't yeah, have within 45 seconds did not expect david to say that i thought he was like an in and out loyalist no 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 five guys is not better than in and out it's it just is not it is significantly better. It isn't just no. better. It is like significantly out of the range of in and out No. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, David, I, I typically side with you in a lot of these things, but this one, I, I can't, 
I, I mean, can't sign okay. with you on that. Shake Shack is better than both, which you will find at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. If you if you want to if you want to wait five innings to get it, sure. And spend about never... forty bucks for two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my out of left field this week is just more sports talk. Who who doesn't want to talk sports? So I'm I'm going into the AFC West <laughs> in NFL this time because I was just blown away with a couple of trades that have gone down in the last few days. I'll start with the local team, the Chargers getting Khalil Mack for essentially nothing going the Rams style of F these picks. I think the Rams almost gave up more for Von Miller than what the Chargers are giving up they for did. Mack. They did. That's going to be a huge addition with Bosa as your line. So if you're a Chargers fan, you got to be stoked for that because Justin Herbert's finally got some more weapons on defense. But there's still another team in that division that I think won the offseason no matter what goes down, and that's the Denver Broncos acquiring Russell Wilson. I feel like some people are onto this while others are just kind of sleeping on how good this addition will be for the Denver Broncos. I'm picking the Broncos right now to win the AFC, if assuming they're healthy, because I think Wilson still has a lot left in the tank, and he he is right now. This is a hot take. He is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. At the end of the tape, at the end of the day, right now, they both only have one Super Bowl win each. But I believe Wilson has the two appearances versus Rodgers, only one, who is a constant choke artist, I might add. And Wilson has been playing with absolute trash the last three seasons. And now that he's actually going to a team that's trying to win with a legit offensive line and a great defense, Denver's on to something with Judy and uh, Sutton. So watch out. I don't know if you can say Russell Wilson is better than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers consistently is at the top of the league, whereas Russell Wilson last year, just, he just fell off a cliff. So until, until Russell, until Russell Wilson wins that second Super Bowl, I don't know if you can really have that conversation. Well, you have to remember Wilson came back from a thumb injury or something like a month early. So it was basically playing hurt. Yeah, and, what quarterbacks are always hurt. I mean, Matt's, Matthew Stafford plays hurt all the time. So I, I, I think that if, that if Russell Wilson's able to take the Denver Broncos even to the Super Bowl, you can start to have that conversation. But, I mean, a, as it stands right now, overall, just Aaron Rodgers beats him out in so many categories. Well, in terms of passing yard pace, Wilson's second all-time right now. So he's ahead of Rodgers in that category because – He's got five or six years behind A-Rod, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I would agree. I tweeted earlier in the year before they, they made this trade. I said if the Broncos get a legit QB, they'd be the best team in the NFL. I think they might be roster-wise, they might have the best roster well-rounded overall in the NFL. Um, like Kevin said, Judy Sutton, Patrick, Javante Williams is going to be a stud running back. That defense is loaded. Uh they're like one or two more pieces away from being like pretty much the favorites in the AFC at least. Hey, I got Alberto in my dynasty league, so I am <laughs> stoked. Yep. That's where I get out of it. Yep. Blake, are you, are you, are you a Rams fan or what team are, what team are you? So I'm, I'm a saints fan because since we didn't have a team growing up, um, the second Reggie Bush was drafted. I became a saints fan latched on. And after what the Rams and the referees did about four years ago, I <laughs> will never root for the Rams. If, if I had to choose one of the fair LA enough, teams, fair enough. Chargers. but yeah, I, I'm a saints fan. I've stuck it out this long and I'll continue to stick it out. Okay. Evan James is your new head coach. 
<laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I, I love Drew Brees, but I don't know about this Saints team now. It's it's looking kind of ugly. I just want them to suck this year and then get CJ Stroud in 2023, and I'll be a happy man. CJ Stroud is bad, bro. You mopped the floor. What was the score of that Michigan game? I missed it. I don't know, but I uh, I had Ohio State minus seven, and that's my mistake. It didn't cover, right? No, it didn't. That's just right. by a, I, just, I remember just now. Just by a little. Missed by a little. All right. Well, that's all we got so far on the incline. I don't see any free agent news, so that's yeah. Kind what of a the bummer. hell? I thought there was supposed yeah. to be some kind of free agent frenzy. Why is there not one person signed? Well, Morosi, I guess, just said, which also take that with a grain of salt, that everyone is insanely busy with discussions, but. Now, just give me something. Give me some fringe guy that signs. Like, how's there not been one? Like, yeah, I get even... the whole tampering thing, but he tell me there hasn't been one discussion. Just, hey, you're a fringe 40-man guy. Come yeah. sign here. We need, like, a Logan Forsyth minor league deal to Miami or something. Like, anything. Just kick us off. Yeah, Trevor Bauer just tweeted something weird. He tweeted a, pic- something weird? a picture of him in a Reds uniform saying reaction when baseball is back about damn time. And it's him him fired up. Um, but as we all know, he could have found a he could have found a, a, a comparable photo in a Dodgers uniform doing the same thing. Right. So that's weird. I'm throw a curveball in here just to make the show end on an interesting note. First free agent off the board. And where do they sign? Uh, I'll start with uh, Blake boy it's it's well the first one off the board is going to be some rando that goes to some relevant team like the pirates or the nationals and it makes no sense okay fine how about marquee name big pirates have just been itching to sign jamie carroll this entire time (laughs) jamie carroll (laughs) just three months waiting to sign jamie carroll I, I honestly thought that kershaw was going to be the first just because i thought literally it's the easiest decision it's you know, there's nothing to discuss. I thought it was going to be him. I, I thought Freeman would be close, but some Braves reporters said it's going to be at least a couple days. So that one's interesting. I'm trying to think. I, I can give I you was, mine while you're thinking. Go for, I don't yeah. even know who's a free agent anymore. It's been uh, so Yeah, long. I have to like refresh myself on like all the free agents. Like who are the big names? Like Correa still out there. Castellanos. Um, yeah, Brian. My my prediction is, uh, is Correa to the Yankees. You really think, I don't think they're going to spend, man. Why would you vote against the CBA if you're not trying to spend money? You know, it's like, read the, read the writing on the wall. I don't think they're going to spend that much money. Yeah. No, I I mean, where does Korea go then? Fuck if I know. And I I mean, that's that's my point. That's my point. I think he's going to the Yankees. They need a shortstop. Yeah. But Trevor's story is about half the price. Yeah, I guess so, but Trevor Story is 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 unreliable and he yeah. and he gets hurt. Yeah, I don't I don't have a first. I'll just go to just random free agent signings. One, I'll go Chris Bryant to the Mariners just because like a week ago, I forget it was some Mariners reliever posted a photo with him saying, "You want this Mariners fans?" So maybe he knows something we don't. And two, I just want to see the world burn down. I want to see Carlos Correa end up in LA. With the Angels, because I think it'd be fantastic if they shell three hundred million towards him when they don't need to. But let's that would be such an Angels move. They will. I said that on this podcast to buy another. Ago. So I, I said it, he was going to end up in the Angels. That was my prediction. Now I'm not such so a, sure because they were hesitant on this whole. Such a thing. that would be such a dumb move for them, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does actually. 
my I don't I don't know who's going to be first, but my predictions are Carlos Correa goes back to the Astros. They do pay him after all. And Anthony Rizzo goes back to the Red Sox. I mean, he was a Red Sox at one point early on in his career. Was that was that was that when he was was that before uh, he was a Padre? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't even know if he played on the major league team. I just think he was in that organization at one point. I'm like almost positive. Yeah, I think he was. He was a Red Sox, then a Padre, and then uh, he was shipped off a Cub. Yeah, Kevin, what do you got? Trevor Story to the Seattle Mariners. I think the Mariners also want Chris Bryant, but I think they'll just pivot to story because he's not a Scott Boris client. Therefore you don't get the headaches. I think well, the Mariners. Where, where do you think, where do you think Chris Bryant's going then? The Mets. So that could actually be the other first domino. It's I think Bryant or story are the, the big names that come off the board first. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, it's a good fit for Bryant there. I just don't think they're going to spend out another big contract they're already like in like the second or third luxury tax well we didn't mention it but they added like that super luxury tax uh, yeah because they want to call it the steve cohen rule basically because i guess he's bluffing to spend more so i'm curious to see where the uh the japanese guy goes ceo suzuki i could see that being a fit for the dodgers yeah do we need an outfielder though i mean we got a dh now so yeah sure but we 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 already have I don't know Chris Taylor and Pollock and Bellinger. Well, AJ Betts. Pollock is is good for at least two hamstrings a year, so you need someone to replace him there. I think he's going to the Rangers. I feel like that's just been kind of the rumor to start the off season. I don't know why it never happened to begin with. On that note, final thoughts, we'll guys. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to just get off your chest? Just happy to have baseball yeah. back. It's happy. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited to 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 have these you know predictions and these you know these free agent shows like and and talk about you know real trades and real free agent signings and talk about spring training and you know and kind of bask in the glory of seeing the uh, the tweets coming out of Dodger spring training camp and and seeing you know what what guys look like what do they look like after all this time you know what do they look like in the cage and we've already kind of got a little bit of that. Uh, by the Dodgers tweeting out some things uh, and the, and the beat writers too, about the minor leaguers that have been in camp, but it'll be nice to see, you know, uh, the team, the, the guys that will be on the actual roster in spring training again. Yep. Uh, final thoughts. I'm just super happy that we have baseball and we're going to have a full season and it's coming up in a matter of weeks. Uh, I'm excited for this free agency. I think the Dodgers are going to add Kershaw, maybe Freeman, couple more pieces here and there, make some trades, hopefully shed some salary in the, in the process. Uh, but I'm just excited. I'm just happy to be here next week. We can actually talk about signings and, and schedule and all that stuff. So it's, it's no more when will the lockout end and more, how are the Dodgers going to do this year? So I'm just thrilled to be here. Yeah. You guys hit everything right on the head. So I'll part with one final thing. March madness predictions. I need, I need to know because I'm hit, I'm heading to Vegas next week. So if you guys have any inside info on potential sleepers or anything, that Duke, they got the most NBA ready roster. And I think this is coach K's final season. It is. It's the most insufferable retirement tour of all time. Just, just go into the sunset. We don't care. Coach K. 
Uh, Duke tips. almost got beat. Oh, Duke almost got beat by my by Syracuse Orange today. Yeah, so I Jim don't know Bayheim how. Jim and his two sons. Well, yeah, one. What's well, the deal one, with that? one of his sons, because the other guy, the other guy Punch got freaking suspended. What, like, what is this? He just have all his kids on the team now? Like, what the hell's going on over there, Jake? I don't know, but I, I honestly, I you know, it's a hot take, you know, for for a Syracuse fan to say this, but I think Jim Beheim needs to just go. I think he needs yeah. to just hang it up. Yep, I would agree. Uh, Blake, I don't really have too many insider. I, I would not bet on Michigan. Uh, we're kind of bad this year. We might not even make the tournament. Yeah. But I was in Reno for the Super Bowl. I took two futures. I took UCLA plus fifteen hundred and USC plus ten thousand. Uh, I think both of those teams could actually make a run if they make the finals. All you got to do is hedge it. They're both True. good value. Uh, Pac-12 basketball is legit this year. Don't bet on Gonzaga though. They never win. That's the last thing I wanted to hear as I got my uh, Gonzaga Futures tickets tucked away. Uh, <laughs> they never learned, win, man. They never do. I know. It. I learned the hard way last year, but I've convinced myself to get redemption this year. I mean, Holmgren, Holmgren could actually be the, the, the savior of that program, so who knows? But they'll lose in the Elite Eight. They always do. So who's your, guy, who's your guys' pick to win as of right now? I mean, I'm sticking with my Futures, man. One of these Pac-12 LA schools. Duke. UCLA. Yeah. Solid. Solid. They're legit. Yeah. They proved it last year. Now I got the experience to go with it. We'll see. Um, on that note, we are presented by Fansided, so make sure to read their content. Give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Boost us up there in the rankings. And, uh, yeah, David mentioned – with free agency now here, uh, who knows when we'll drop the next episode? It could be in a half hour. It could be in a, could be next week. <laughs> it's not gonna be in a half hour. <laughs> Dodgers uh, do a shit ton of moves. We might have to because we got to be on top of it. But with that note, Blake Harris, thank you so much for joining the Incline today. Always a pleasure to have you. Looking forward to bringing you on once more when Dodgers baseball is here. Hey, I'm just stoked that I got a. Uh chicken place recommendation that i need to hit up uh, apparently there's one in pasadena so i will jot thank that you. down yeah thank yeah. you so yeah, I will let me know to, how it is have you to go be soon di- because of the way you guys were hyping it up all right awesome. legit. <laughs> goodbye everyone have a great week have a great weekend go dodgers